Tell you what, I'm just gonna wait right here in the car. <laughs> you party pooper! Come on, this is gonna be fun. <sighs> when Max makes a preposterous promise to a girl he has a crush on, his chances to fulfill it seem hopeless. When he's dragged into a cross-country trip with his embarrassing father goofy ladies and gentlemen this is extras and epilogues on the podzilla 1985 network take two for our cast tonight because shannon updated his computer last night and forgot to change the settings back on obs studio so really the fault for all of this lies on obs and not myself what you missed and that original opening was a hilarious send-up of Joe Biden and Canada as a whole. Unfortunately, it'll be lost in time forever, and instead, I'm going to try to do the show professionally because God has taught me that if I try to get cute, he'll shut that shit down. My name is Shannon Young. I'm going to be your sort of host tonight. I'll explain it in a little bit. With me, I have, and now I mean it, a much better host who makes sure that his audio works before he starts the show five minutes in. Double H. I mean, in fairness, I've never even downloaded OBS, so it's okay. You're you're still streets ahead of me when it comes to that. <laughs> I feel bad for our next guest, Lindsay Wolfgong, who had a wonderful send-up of Im- imitation of, I assume, a character from a Goofy movie. And it was a really yes. long and funny bit. Lindsay, you want to do not- it again or... No, I I have lost it. Instead, I'm going to ask you, have you uh, tasted the Leaning Tower of Chiza? It's not just a great setup of, of a character. That I mean, you know that one. The one she did is a great setup of a character played by Jenna Von Oy. Oh. Jenna Von Oy, Shannon. I, I love Jenna Von Oy. But what there Lin- it is. But Lindsay just unlocked a memory in my head that Polly mm-hmm. Shore's in this film. Yes, isn't he, he is. And uncredited. Uncredited. Wow. Uncredited for this movie. Okay, so I yeah. gave I gave a really nice introduction to our next guest, and I'm sad because I can't remember exactly what I said, but here's the deal. All November long, for Nostalgic November, we're inviting our friends onto the show to talk about the movies that they love, they grew up with, that they care about so much. We had Asa Gray on to talk about Ninja Turtles. We had Lindsay on not too long ago talking about Willy Wonka, and uh, tonight... We've invited the the co-host of After Dark, the former host of Nerd Up, rest in peace, a very good friend of the show, a man who loves him a goofy movie. It's Jesse Kimball. I, I very much Yay. do. Uh, also, I really wanted to make a, a joke about how she was also the gooch. I, I also wanted to make that joke. Only like <laughs> if Zane Lady's listening to the episode, he's giggling right now, going, I get that reference. That's also how Zane Lady sounds, it turns out. Going go back to Polly Shore, I, I'm glad Hunter fixed it because I, I remember reading it and I wanted to ask if it was a bit. Uh, yeah, I I don't know where that line came. So what Jesse's referencing is in the notes, I always put in some little like notable trivia bits, and I noticed that at some point in time, I, I copied it from somewhere. I don't know how it got put in here incorrectly. It said Pauly Shore asked for his role as the bus driver to be uncredited <laughs> because he didn't want Disney to sell the movie on his name the way they did Robin Williams and Aladdin. Okay. Uh, importantly, mm. that's also because Pauly Shore didn't play the fucking bus driver. 
That's not at all who he plays. He plays a character named Bobby, who's much more prolific than the bus driver. I, I would also <laughs> who has exactly one line. I would also like to point out to Polly Shore. Also based on my father. I, I, I don't think anyone was going to sell this movie on his name like they did with Robin Williams and Aladdin. Because when I think of Robin Williams hey, and Aladdin, the first thing that pops up is Polly Shore. Yeah. Dude, this is mid yeah, but Polly Shore was huge. Biodome and the character he plays, son-in-law. the character he plays in this movie is just him. Yeah, yeah. much well, the same way that the genie was him. just Robin Williams. Most characters Polly Shore plays are just him. He's got such a unique voice right, and style, you know. And that's why they could have sold it on him. Now, I, I don't don't get me wrong. I agree, Robin Williams. No, no one's comparing Robin day, Williams to Polly Shore. Star. Right, no. right. No, but Polly Shore is right, in, or was at the time right that they very much could have said, you know, hey, make sure you go see this because Polly Shore is in it. Meanwhile, he's not really in it that much. He's very much a side kind of bit character. I don't know why he, he has would have his moments. I, I don't know why he would have such a problem with that though. I mean, that is that's movie making one on one. They do it all the time. I still remember. There, and we'll, we'll get to this film, obviously, in just one second. But there was a, a film starring Kurt Russell. Bob would know it off the top of his head. Uh, Executive Decision. You remember Executive Decision? Nope. No, no. one does. But here's nope. the thing. Uh, top three billings. I can't tell you who the third person is, but it was Kurt Russell. And right below him, Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal died within the first, like, ten minutes. Was never seen again. But he got second right. billing because he was Steven well, Seagal at the time. Consider Unfortunately, too he's this, still Steven Seagal, but it's different now. <laughs> Consider, too, that this movie's being sold to kids, right? Yeah. And if we're giving Pauly Shore the, the benefit of the doubt, he doesn't want to, like, I guess, damage his brand amongst people who are going to go see his stuff at that time to, to, like, again, basically pretend that he's in this movie more than he is or that he's the star. Like, I might be giving Pauly Shore too much credit, but that would very much be the case. I mean, he's fully uncredited in this movie. He's not in the credits at all. Which is just crazy. Yeah, you, just crazy. If you search it, like, I, yeah, you, like you can find, obviously, that Pauly Shore voiced right. Zimaruski, and it's very obvious. To a point, um, nobody knew how to spell Zimaruski for a long time. Because it's not in the credits. Yeah, credits in the film. yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, you started to think you were going insane. Maybe there was never a character named Bobby in the film. Maybe no I'm Bobby. not. <laughs> yeah. Finally, they, they okay, it wasn't until like sometime in the 2000s they released a DVD with bonus features with closed captioning that had like names pop up. And that was the first time you could see like how they spelled Zimaruski. And it was right. completely different to how everybody had been spelling it up to that point. Of well, course. so we're talking about 1945, 1995. <laughs> God, April 7th, 1995. The movie was released directed by Kevin Lima. I'll say it again. I'm going through the, the motions here. Also directed uh, Disney's Tarzan Enchanted and 102 Dalmatians uh, starring Bill Farmer, Jason Marsden, Jim Cummings, and one of Lindsay's personal favorites, a, a hero of hers, Rob Paulson. She's a huge fan. Rob, if you're listening, and I know he you are. the voice of our childhood. Him and Jim Cummings are both the voices of our childhood. And, and Maurice LaMarche. Op- and Maurice LaMarche, yeah. yes. As soon as PJ opened his mouth, I was like, oh, that's Rob Paulson. Yep. Like, oh, that's just, yep. that's just Yakko. That's, that's just Raphael. Yakko right there. Yeah. Immediately yep. popped into my head. Yeah. The same thing, like, Pete opens his mouth, and you're like, oh, hey, it's Jim Cummings. That's, that's very yep. much him. Yeah. yeah. It's so, never not been him. For those of you listening out there who grew up in the 90s and you loved 90s cartoons, uh, Jim Cummings was 94% of all characters on television. It's, <laughs> yes. it's a fact. Proven. Seriously. He, he played all four was, Ninja Turtles and April O'Neil. <laughs> I, 
I was talking about this uh, in the in the previous attempt at this. Jason Marsden, uh, a better known voice, I think, than people realize at that time, he had live action roles on basically every TGIF show. If I remember correctly, he did a he did an episode of Pod Meets World because he was on Boy Meets World for a while as Eric uh, Wilfred L's best friend, <clears throat> which is funny because they were best friends in real life. He he noted that there was one Friday, there was at least one Friday in the '90s where when when the TGIF lineup was, I want to say, uh, Full House. Step, step by step, step, Boy Meets World, and there was a, I don't remember which fourth one it was at that time because they changed a lot, but he was on every episode that week. <laughs> there was like one week yeah. where, because he was, he was famously DJ's boyfriend for a while on Full House. Again, he was Eric's uh, best friend on, on Boy Meets World and then a couple of others. But he did, like, did a ton of live action stuff like that for Disney. He was um, Thackeray Binks in Hocus Pocus, which we talked about back in October. Um, did a lot of voice work before, even before Will Friedle did, and Will has said since yep. then that like that's a big part of the reason he started doing voice acting because Jason right. kind of led him in that direction. Now, also, this a bit of trivia you didn't oh. have on here, despite the fact that dude can sing really well, uh, he did not do any yeah. of the singing lines in that movie. Nope, nope. It wasn't until they wanted a big Broadway guy, and it wasn't until they did. Uh, if I read correctly, there was like a, a reunion or something uh, for the movie, uh, fifteen or twenty years after it came out, and Jason just went right into one of the songs. I think it's like the uh, the road. Oh, see, I thought it was on the open road, but anyway, uh, one of the two um, with with Bill, and they literally just like were right in sync immediately. Oh, it, yeah, it, it's the one when they're on the river together. Yes. On the car, um, yeah. Yeah. I've so, actually seen that video. It was awesome. Thanks. <laughs> uh, 78 minutes long, which is a little under the sweet spot, but we'll let it go. It's an animated film. Generally, animated films it's are animated. shorter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Budget versus box office. $18 million budget, $37 million box office. Critical reception, 59% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. That's a 6.3 out of 10. 53 out of 100 on Metacritic. So mixed or average reviews, but that's the critics. As far as I can remember, this was a very beloved film. I, even though I jokingly said I don't have... Only as a kid's movie. After the fact. After the fact, yeah. as a lot of these films yeah, are, I'm, to be fair. Yeah, I was going to say, importantly, in the theaters, like you see, you know, with the numbers there, it, it didn't really do anything uh, crazy, but this was a movie that had a big boon and benefit from home video. Mm. Uh, as soon as it hit rental shelves, as soon as you could buy it, and then, yeah, on the, on the Disney Channel, uh, it got a ton of attention there afterward. Which is kind of wild, because... It should have gotten more attention in theaters. It was, it was, it yeah, was good. I mean, I, yeah, I don't want to spoil too much about how I thought about it, but it, it Jesse was, and I were discussing it earlier. I don't remember if we actually saw this one in theaters, but I remember, I remember the Burger King promotions when it was in theaters, and I still have a couple of that kids' meal toys from it. So I know yeah. I saw this film. I know I saw this film because I remember it. I remember the songs. I remember Goofy's ass. Um, but I, <laughs> I, I. <laughs> But I don't remember when I saw it. Now I know this was based on a goof uh, goof troop, right? The the TV show. But Ish. was it? Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like See, I, I don't I remember, remember if goof, goof troop being came different afterwards or not. Goof troop came before. It had did it okay. Troop, like it had the same characters, but because Max different. was younger, and this is ta- this is Max being older. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. and this is Max, like you know, it's like I, I think like a freshman in high school kind of a thing, like freshman, yeah. maybe a sophomore. Yeah. And I I loved Goof well, Troop. Well, it is the end of the school year, so yes, yeah. it could be going one into the other. I was a big fan of Goof Troop. Um, I was a big fan of the Goof Troop game on Super Nintendo. Very, I mean, you, this is not a hot take. Very underrated puzzle action game for two players. Great game. Um, 
this was one of the strangest i mean just goof troop in general and the movie and all that it was one of the strangest stories growing up because you know i i did grow up with mickey mouse and donald duck and donald was a sailor mickey was boring let's be honest he was mickey he was the least interesting (laughs) one of all the characters um and then goofy mario goofy was the dog you know he was a dog he wasn't pluto but he was a dog and he was just silly and dumb so what they did was they took that and they turned him into a single dad that could have been on any friday night lineup on any network he was a single dad just it was like darkwing duck with uh you know drake mallard it's it's that idea of here's some disney characters and instead of you know they still get into wacky adventures but also he's just a dad man trying to make it in the world with his son it was strange to me as a kid i was like this is weird right I don't remember if it was the 1940s or the 1950s, but they broke Goofy away from doing the like how-to cartoons and the sports cartoons, and they did make him a family like family everyday man, uh, where he had a wife and he had a kid. The kid's name wasn't Max. I don't remember what it is. Um, and it's when his design became a little more human-esque rather than the classic Goofy Dog. And they kind of drew from those cartoons when they were doing Goof Troop. Goofy also, was my favorite. Like, suddenly Pete is showing up as, you know, Goofy's neighbor. Just another dad, man. Been, yeah, just another dad. And previously, like, you know, Pete was just, like, he's one of Mickey's big bad villains. He was an right. antagonist. Right. Yeah. Which well, he's he's still kind, kind of, of an antagonist. He's kind of yeah. like the dick he neighbor. Is, very much so. He's a dickhead yeah. neighbor as opposed to, you know, an actual, like, bad villain, like, gonna t- beat you up kind of guy. Again, the the Mario and, and Bowser comparisons continue because at a certain point in time, Bowser's just like, all right, we're just going to keep doing this, man. Like, I'll see you this weekend for the barbecue. Yeah. We'll go race some go-karts <laughs> later on. But yeah, don't bring blue shells. Uh, so for, for people that aren't familiar with this movie, uh, Jesse, explain the plot of a goofy movie. I mean, you you kind of hit it at the beginning. Uh, it's it's basically it's about, you know, a, a father and son. The Max uh, has this like big concert that he, or, well, I say concert. Uh, he interrupts an assembly uh, from the most like boring, generic uh, principal situation going, and you know uh, reenacts a music video from the the super big hit musical performer uh, Powerline, played by Bad year. Bunny. No. no. <laughs> he will be one day. No, Campbell, no well, we should note the the principal that he's talking about, played by Wallace Shawn. Inconceivable! So, I mean, as, soon as, as soon as he talks, it's the only word I could hear. Yep. <laughs> Good voice for a principal <laughs> character, though. Yeah. Uh, other than Ben Stein. Speech, I love science. <laughs> science sleepovers. <laughs> exactly. He's talking about like you know every year somebody asks me what do I do to not waste my summer vacation. By and I was listening to that going, and, no, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. No, they don't. They have never done that. I have inside info. Just a list of things you could be doing, including science sleepovers. Anyway, interrupted by this music video, uh, and, and like Max is suddenly the coolest guy in school and everything else. They've got a big power line concert coming up. Max obviously gets in trouble for this. The principal makes it sound like he's a, like, he literally says a gang member. Like gang member? Dressed like a gang member. Uh, Look, times were different be back incarcerated. Then. Times were different. He's going to be in prison if Goofy doesn't fix this shit. So Goofy decides that he's going to recreate his old fishing trips from when he was a kid going with his dad, and they were going to bond, and he was going to save his son, which would prevent... Max from going to or going to see the concert with uh, his crush, 
who asked or who he finally got the courage to ask out. But didn't she only and, say yes because she wanted to go to the concert? No, I, I so forget how it goes. It's been a while. I didn't get to watch the, the film. Her friend Stacy is the one that's like hosting it. It's it's one of those like live street like televised concerts. It's a pay per view. Um, yeah, it's it's pay per view televised concert. She's having everybody from school over, and um, apparently, like Roxanne is the is the name of the name of the girl wants to go to this show with Max. Uh, go to Stacy's house with Max. They're you know as a date. It's not them going to the concert. Oh, sorry. They're all going to watch the concert as a group. Sorry, I, 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 was, I saw one of the notable trivias here, and it distracted me. Because, again, it's been a while since I've seen this film. It's probably been 20-plus years. I forgot Donald Duck was in it. So I see in one of the trivias that he had a bigger role, and I was in my head going like, wait, when was Donald Duck in this film? Because I'm a, I'm a, Very briefly. I'm, I love yeah, me some so Donald he Duck. And, he and Mickey are, are basically hitchhiking. Um, wait, Mickey's in it, too? Yeah. Yeah, for like a split second. Mickey actually speaks. But yeah, I, I love that little bit that Donald was supposed to have because I can imagine this exact conversation happening in my head. Instead of Goofy just immediately deciding we're going fishing, I'm taking him on a road trip, he tries to figure out what he's going to do with him. He goes to a travel agent, which is Donald, and asks him what he should do. And Donald, of course, responds, and Is there Goofy someone else I could talk to? Yeah. Well, right. Yeah. I don't know. I still like Max's line when he's like, I'm going fishing with my best buddy. Oh, Donald Duck. Okay. <laughs> I think we can all agree that Max, and maybe I'm remembering the film wrong, that Max was a little shit. That he was yeah. kind of, uh, okay, yeah, Max, good, uh, good, yes. good. He, he was, yes, he was very, very much, much so. He he was very much like the the stereotypical teenager, you know, rebelling, like yep. he's trying to like, you know, forge his own path kind of a thing. Like He just wants to be cool like and, a, yeah. He's a freshman in high school, like 14, 15-year-old kid, like, or maybe yeah. 13, 14-year-old kid, depending on I, the... I already covered all this, Jesse. He sucks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Little jerk. Right. He, he, yeah, he gets fair. some growth. And, yeah, yeah, well, of course. They asked to. Completely clueless, goofy. Uh, you know, not and like, of course, because he's a teenager, they never actually like talk about like, you know, why this is happening or what happened at school. Right. Like, no, no, they can't. And also because it's a movie, they have right. to have the the yeah. <laughs> right conflict have the in drama. the movement. Right, you know? right. Uh, did this movie come out when Goof Troop was off the air, or was it still going? I have no. I'm idea. gonna find out. I'm curious I about that. I think it was in calling. syndication. Still, I think the episodes were done. It was done. So Goof Troop launched in 1992 and it only ran for two seasons, which means if this came out in 95, the show was over by then. Isn't it insane? All the good shows that Disney had, that they dropped after a season, two seasons. And then there are other shows, I won't name them, that go on endlessly that are just like bad, but they make a ton of money. I, I can't imagine that this didn't make any money. What's wrong with kids nowadays that they can't appreciate good people? Lindsay is foaming at the mouth. She wants to say something. Oh, you looked excited. I'm sorry. I didn't want to cut you off. Well, I clicked on a screen and it was playing the trailer from the movie and it was at a funny part. So, yeah, don't mind me. (laughs) (laughs) Is it it that fucking Bigfoot in the background just like grooving on those headphones while the two of them sit in the car? Because I legitimately laughed out loud as he's just like full on discoing in the background. (laughs) Lost it. It's the only time I've ever been entertained by Bigfoot, Shannon. It's the only time I ever gave a shit what Bigfoot was up to. Bigfoot sucks. (laughs) Well, to make, to make Chan really hate Bigfoot, voiced by the the Scooby Doo voice actor, uh, Frank. Oh, Wilker. was he really? Frank yeah. Wilker. Was it Wilker? Yeah, 
Yeah, Bigfoot is voiced by Frank Welker. Look, I don't hate no Frank kidding. Welker, and I, I don't hate Scooby-Doo. I grew up on it. I liked it. I, I I wouldn't watch it now. You couldn't pay me to watch it. It's like contrary to like every time Scooby-Doo has ever been brought up on this network. Dude, right? I, all right. This is not a, this, Scooby-Doo is not on trial here, but if we're going to do that, for the record... <laughs> I loved Scooby Doo growing up. I was a huge Scooby Doo fan. Scooby Doo Redemption Story. It right wasn't. Now. It wasn't until I got older and I realized every episode was the same goddamn thing. Of oh, there's a ghost or monster. No, never mind. It was some dude. I got sick of that. Well, if you're if you're gonna nitpick it, every third background scene was also the same thing. <laughs> when they were running, they only had three panels. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was a very low-budget television show. And yet, I would watch that over that new Velma show any day of the week. Absolutely. Yes. Most people would. Yeah. 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 Boy, that yeah. was awful. Scooby-Doo not on trial here, Jesse. Uh, since we invited you on to talk about Goof Troop, what is it about this movie you love so much? Why, why is this such a big part of your childhood? Because you do mention it right. a lot. Right, like listen. a whole lot. We're talking about a goofy movie, not Goof Troop. That's what I uh, meant to say. <laughs> so, I, I, I've told the story before, but I guess to refresh everybody, this was um, <laughs> the day my grandma died uh, when I was when I was a little kid. Uh, I was in first grade when my grandma died, and mom comes to pick us up from school because she passed. Like it was out of nowhere. Um, her and my grandpa were on a vacation. She went to the bathroom and her heart basically exploded in the bathroom. Um, yeah. It is. So yeah, it was very, very sudden, very unfortunate. And uh, your mom comes to pick us up at school and we're informed, you know, what happened? Like I'm in first grade. I don't really like completely understand what's going on. Everybody's sad. Um, you know, we can't go to grandma's house cause that's what we did after school every day. Like we, uh, got on the bus, rode to grandma's because mom didn't get off work until five. And uh, yeah, we got home and they're like, all right, well, you know, we, we're going to go ahead and give you one of your presents early. So you guys can basically just to distract us or whatever. And it was a goofy movie on VHS. And Jake and I watched that movie and fell in love with it because it's, it's a great, great, great kids movie. Uh, and, and yeah, like from that point on, like that just kind of held a special place because that was, you know, the movie that we watched on that day and went from there. So you don't actually like the film. You just like the memory. Oh, I'm kidding. The film. There's just a, withdrawn. <laughs> it just has that extra like sentimental attachment to it. I get that. I get that. Um, what is your favorite part of the film? No, never mind. I know what it is. It's power line. It's that damn song. That's what you talk about all the time. It can't be anything but that. Now, there's actually a few great moments, but yeah, like I do like Max's concert at the very beginning. Uh, the standout concert, the eye to eye one at the end is I, I like less uh, the whole scene in general. Who played but, Powerline yeah, anyway? Do what? Have we discussed? We've said this before, right? Who played Powerline? It's only it's yeah. only a singer. He has no actual <laughs> voice lines. Uh, right. Or no, like like spoken lines. I don't remember the name off the top of my head. Evan Campbell. There you go. You say Kevin Campbell? Tevin Campbell. Okay, that's what Tevin I thought you Campbell. said. I remember Tevin Campbell. So, Tevin Campbell. So the rumor... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, Tevin Campbell was like um, a budding pop star back in the 90s. He yeah. was actually on an episode of uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. Okay. Yeah, he was going on a date with... Um, <clears throat> what is her name? Uh, the youngest daughter. Ashley. 
Ashley. Yeah, he was going on a date with Ashley. Uh, yeah, like uh, up and coming pop singer back in the '90s. He didn't really go anywhere. It was just kind of a flash in the pan sort of situation. And he had those two songs that he did specifically for that film. Right. So the the rumor was, and I didn't put this in the trivia because it's so <clears throat> it's kind of complicated. There's a lot of garbage that goes along with it. But basically, the rumor was that Bobby Brown was meant to be uh, Powerline, and you can kind of tell in some ways by his appearance, in some ways by the sound of the songs, that that could be true. My understanding, though, is that Bobby and Disney have both denied that. They say we never contacted him. He says that was never the case. Um, I think the reason this took off as rumors because this was around the time that Bobby Brown started really kind of having a lot of uh, personal trouble, a lot of stuff that didn't go so great in his career. Um, And so people went, oh, that's why it's not him. And he's like, no, it was never meant to be. Those two things are just coincidental. Uh, To me, it's pretty obvious that he's supposed to be like influenced by it's a it's a combination of kind of strange combination michael jackson right there's some obvious michael jackson influences he does also have a lot of bobby brown influences vocally um but the the appearance in there too right right but the appearance is devo i mean the 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 look is devo like 100 (laughs) percent. that's a devo suit that he's wearing yeah that electric like little hazmat suit thing um and because that's supposed to go along with his power line theme and they've got like you know right 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 concert they have all the power and stuff uh, like he has the atomic symbol going on. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. I don't know. As far as like my my favorite part of the film, um, I honestly don't know. Uh, I I really do like. Uh, it's an extremely touching scene. Like I know Lindsay and I were talking about earlier, the Bigfoot scene. Uh, that hi, that's soup. just a yep, yeah, high dad soup. <laughs> uh, that's that's just a that's a that whole scene is really good. And as Hunter mentioned earlier, like fucking Bigfoot just in the middle of the high dad soup scene you just see in the background like so bigfoot like a pair of headphones falls on his head and the music starts playing he's just sitting there he's like because he's really it's mad disco he starts, like kind of he just kind of starts grooving a little bit then he just gets like the little finger going it's either night like, fever or staying alive that's playing it's staying alive it's, it's, it's the bgs yeah. that's playing yeah 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 and then alive. like the next time you see him he's in the background he's going full like you know doing the point like, <laughs> <laughs> it's very entertaining the only time that he's ever been entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, Very Tanner. So. Sorry, Tanner. It's a boring cryptid. Uh, I, I, I also like when things are just going good. There, there's the point where um, Goofy decides he's going to stop listening to Pete's awful advice and, and, like, you know, let Max navigate. And they're actually having a good time. Like, they do a whole montage of touring, you know, going on the road trip. And like actually having a good time with one another, and that's that's also just a good scene. Like it's very wholesome, feel that's, good times. That's what I'm saying. You don't expect something like that from my dad was a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> oh, all right, Lindsay, your turn. <laughs> Make it less bleak. I mean, I am a sucker for a good "I Want" song, so I I love the whole after today sequence at the beginning of the film where they're just going through all the stereotypical kids of wanting to get done with their last day of school. Like I absolutely love the opening of the movie. Um, but I've also really come to love the nobody else, but you uh, segment as well when they're on top of the car in the river, just having their, their moment of understanding with each other where like they admit their frustrations, but that they still love each other and they don't want anyone else with them when they're having tough times. That's okay. fair. That open sequence is a phenomenal time capsule of the mid nineties. Yes. It's Everything so great. About it. 
Oh my like God. The fashion, like a lot of the animation, like a lot of like, you know, the, the, the tropes, the character tropes and stuff yep. like that. It is the most mid nineties thing on the fucking planet. Planet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is about the time of the show where we are going to give our reviews for a goofy movie. And then uh, we'll go into the epilogues part of it where we talk about what happens to these characters after the credits roll. I don't remember. Was there a sequel to a goofy movie? Yes. There was. Yes. yes. I've An never seen it. An extremely goofy movie. I've never it seen that. 2000, if I remember correctly. Well, direct a video, rather extremely goofy movie. Yeah. Was it any good? Yes. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. It was surprisingly really good. Okay. Was it the same and age? Another ni- uh, no, college. No. They were freshmen <clears throat> in college. <clears throat> gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. Did Polly Shore come back? Which the time. Yes. yes. Okay. And actually, the time maps out on that perfectly. Jesse, you were talking about them maybe being freshmen, like going into sophomore year. If, if the the real world time matches up, this came out in two thousand. The sequel came out yep. in two thousand, so that would be right around the time they'd be going into college. Nifty. Uh, so, Jesse, the way that we do this with the reviews, in case you haven't been paying attention, or Shelby didn't tell you, it is uh, two thumbs up if you love it, one thumb up if you like it, one up, one down if you're neutral, one down if you didn't like it, two down if you hated it. Only one film on the show has gotten <laughs> two thumbs down, if I remember correctly. Uh, well, and it was it was an well got exclusively exclusively two thumbs, two down. thumbs down. There's only one movie that got all everybody on the panel at that time to give none thumbs of down two thumbs down. It was another movie about dogs, but they were soldiers. <laughs> they were so, well, they weren't soldiers, <laughs> but they fought soldiers. Why the fuck is it called <laughs> Dog Soldier? Why the fuck was it made? And why <laughs> did I just watch another review yesterday of of uh, horror films that were better than they had any right to be? And they talked about it, and they said that despite the descent, it's Neil Marshall's best film. And I went, it's not. No. In no, any way. What is wrong with you? Not. What are y'all smoking? This copium you guys are smoking about dogs. <laughs> what is the deal with dog soldiers? Look, we loved it too. It's is that bad. If you like dip opium in copic marker ink. You know, the copium. I, I, like I guess it's copium, but it's like you're huffing it like helium. So it's like copium. Anywho, <laughs> let's go to a goofy movies review. Jesse, we'll start with you since you're our honored guest. Um, I think I know where and this answer is going. Because we know where this is going. I think I have a good idea where <laughs> oh, it's going. No, it's, it's, it's absolutely two thumbs up. Yeah, no, we know. 100%. We know. We're just, we're just messing yeah. with you. Uh, Lindsay, <laughs> you want to go ahead and give us a rating here? I'm right there with Jesse. It's two thumbs up. I enjoy this film every time I put it on. Its soundtrack is regularly in my Disney mix whenever I'm listening <laughs> to it. Like, I, two thumbs up. The Tevin Campbell songs are straight up on my Spotify playlist. Okay. Stand out. Yep. Eye to eye, both Those are just pop songs. Those yeah. are just, they don't have to be from a movie. They're just pop songs. So here's the yeah. thing. Uh, jokingly before the show, I mentioned that every time we bring Hunter on to see a movie that we care about that he hasn't maybe seen or hasn't seen in a while, it always ends up my luck being that he doesn't like it as much as I did. And then I feel a little disappointed. If goofy, we've, we've, we've reviewed some great films on extras and epilogues. We've talked about horror classics. We've talked about comedy classics, all time greats. Never before on extras and epilogues have we ever given any movie two thumbs up across the board. If Hunter gives this film two thumbs up, a goofy movie will be the first movie on extras and epilogues. Not true. Did Ghostbusters not get all two thumbs up? That, that doesn't two count. Up across the board. That doesn't count. It absolutely counts. Why Come doesn't on. it count? It's Ghostbusters. It all right. I mean, all right. Of course it doesn't count. Mean it doesn't count. Right, because everybody on the show is fans of it. Like, Lindsay, you're not a host. You don't get a say in this. Hunter, what do you think? 
All right, so, so. Also, I'm skimming back through the backlog while you're talking about this. That's not true. We all gave a Barbie mo- or the Barbie movie two thumbs up. That doesn't count either. That doesn't count either. It absolutely fucking counts. <laughs> we all three gave this thing two thumbs up. Me, you, and Steven. But did we? I thought I thought you gave it one there's thumb no up. Way. No, there's no way I gave it anything less than two thumbs up. That's one of my favorite horror movies. All right. Well, for our listeners out there, you tell us how wrong is Hunter? Um, let, let's, also, let's also, be, if anybody gave less than two thumbs up to Beetlejuice, it was you. It was definitely me. It was definitely me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, so now here, I'm not the problem here. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not going to review this film because I didn't get to watch it, unfortunately, and I don't remember enough about it to give it an accurate rating. So I don't want to. I don't want to muddy the waters here. So we'll go to Hunter. Okay. All right, so here's the deal. I'm putting everything that was just said completely aside. I'm setting all of it aside totally fucking objectively. Um, has nothing to do with any of that that prefacing. I had never seen this movie until today. I'm 38 years old. I've said that several times on this show. Um, this movie came out when I was 10 because it came out in the summer of 95. I had to go and look at the dates. It's later than that, but I distinctly remember around this time, and it ended up being it would have been my birthday in 96, so about six, seven months later, uh, eight months later because it was January of 96, I was going to the movies at that time for my birthday. That was what I liked doing. I would get a small group of friends together and we'd go to the movie. So when I turned 11, I went and saw Dracula Dead and Loving It. (laughs) There is no way. There is no way I saw a goofy movie in theaters or any other time before that because I I was reasonably sure I'd never seen this. And when I watched it tonight, I was right. Sarah, my wife, had seen it uh, a bunch of times. She said it was a sleepover movie when she was a kid. She's two years younger than me. So that was very much a, like, when this comes out, like, friends come over, we have a sleepover, we watch it, that's what we do. Um, But I had never seen it. I fucking loved this movie. Shit! I really did. I absolutely (laughs) loved this movie. It just hits all the right boxes. It did. It hit me in every space that I wanted it to. I'm watching it. It's, It's heartwarming. It's funny. It's super well animated. It's super well acted. And I legitimately thought before I went into it, because I put together the notes earlier today and I went 73 minutes, man, or 78 minutes. One of the two, I forget off the top of my head which one it is. It's, it's bare. So 78. So it's basically an hour and 15 minutes. I'm like, it's really short. I feel like my immediate criticism, criticism is going to be this movie could have had a little more room to breathe. And to be fair, Two thumbs up would not mean that it is perfect. We've right. said that before. There are right. always still potential flaws. Absolutely. Um, I I do think, and I think Jesse was alluding to this earlier, I think that the ending needed a little more room to breathe. Everything that happens at the concert goes way too fucking fast. Like, they get there, they do the thing, they're on stage, they play the song, and then the movie's over, basically. And, like, five minutes after that. I would have liked a little more come down from that. I also, and I'm looking at it through the lens of 2023, there's part of me that thinks, oh, but he shouldn't have gotten to go to the concert, right? Like that should have failed. Something bad should have happened there. And then he should have had to eat a little crow. But that's the way the movie would be made now. If the movie was made now, 30 years later, he would never have gotten to do that. He would have found some other way of getting around it. And, and Max would have learned a more, you know, valuable lesson. But this, this is, is mid nineties, Disney yeah. where you get to have your cake and eat it too. You get right. to do the thing. You get to do an incredible, unbelievable thing. And you get the girl and everything's great. And your dad loves you at the end. Just like um, real life. Or they would have got caught by security and just kicked out of the venue period. Right. I mean, well, they were trying, but he shined that light in his eye. And then he did the swing <laughs> from the beginning. C4 shadowing. Anyway, um, 
I really did though. The movie ended, and I had I had laughed, I had almost cried a couple of times, like well, it legitimately got to me it. emotionally. Um, I laughed so fucking hard at that Bigfoot in the background that I thought I was gonna cry. <laughs> like I, and that was when I almost did cry another time, but that's unrelated. Um, and it also I think it hits different when you're when you're older. I don't think I would have liked this movie as a kid. Number one, again, I was watching shit like Dracula Dad and Loving It. You couldn't have paid me to go to the theaters to watch this movie at the time that, that it came out. Um, or really any time after that. But now that I'm at the age where I can appreciate both of these characters, I was Max. Uh, I'm not a father and have no intention of being, but I'm at, you know, the age where I understand Goofy's uh, position uh, on everything. I just I just loved it. It ended and I looked at Sarah and I went, because it's such a short movie, and this is where that, that comes back around. Yeah, I think it could have used a little more room to breathe, but we could have turned right around and watched it again, and I would have had just as much fun the second time. It is 100% two thumbs up. All right, well, I'm going to give a rating then real quick. Um, I'm, I'm giving he one... Can't th- handle it. He I'm, can't handle it. I'm giving one thumbs down to Dracula dead and loving it. I got to be honest. It's not, it's not great. It's not great. I've I never want, watched it. I wanted to like I it. I don't really remember. Did. I don't remember a thing about it other than I do remember being in the theater and going, and you picked this for your birthday. You dumb piece yeah. of shit. Yeah. What is wrong with you? You would think it's a, it's a recipe for success. Mel Brooks, Leslie Nielsen, Stephen Leslie Weber, Nielsen, but yeah. it's it, other yeah. than a couple chuckles here and there, it's just not good. And this was Mel Brooks also, last film. I was 11 years old. You shouldn't have watched it 11 years old. What did I think old? I was going to get out of that movie? Right. Right. I promise you that if I watched it today, there would still be bits I wouldn't get. It's, and I'd be like, you thought you were going to get this when you were barely a decade old? It, it's and funnier that, now that than it was with, then. Uh, that was me with Is a it? movie at around the same age. Yeah, yeah, so rewatch. I, I did actually rewatch Dracula Dead and Loving It a couple months ago just for funsies because it was on, and it wasn't as bad as oh, I remembered what? it. Uh, it was on uh, some channel, some like a stream of channel. I couldn't tell you, but uh, I still like Leslie Nielsen in that movie. You know, whatever. But it wasn't. It, it's not great, but it's better than I remembered it. I was so disappointed as a kid. I, I here's all I can say about uh, a goof, goofy movie. I remember as a kid not being disappointed. I don't remember much about it, but I remember liking it. So that's yeah. the that's all I can give it without getting into detail. Um, but I remember as a kid loving it because I loved Goof Troop. I loved I loved Disney back then, but, but not Lindsay's Disney because Lindsay's Disney's were the films. I loved Disney TV. That was my thing. Oh, I just loved all Disney. Shannon. Yeah, but, yeah, but all I, Disney. <laughs> I didn't see the films. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to come to, to keep taking us off track here, but I knew as I, as I started talking about fucking Dracula dead and loving it, I started unlocking more memories. I saw that for my birthday in 96. And then I didn't learn my lesson because I just looked up the release date in 1997 because it came out January 17th, a week before my birthday. This motherfucker then went and ran and saw Beverly Hills Ninja. Why? This will fix it. This will be better. The only worst thing oh, I can say is the first. I fucking love that movie, though. The first film oh, I ever God. saw in theater was Songs of the South. That's the worst I could say. <laughs> and oh, and it was a school the, field the trip. Next month. <laughs> it's a long story. <laughs> you know, I'm starting to rethink. Maybe I didn't see it in theater. Maybe someone made me watch it at their house, and I'm just trying to make the memory better. <laughs> like one of my family's racist ass friends said, "Oh, he'll love this one." <laughs> and then you look back at him and I said, I'm pretty sure this is racist. And they went, no, it isn't. <laughs> You're five. Shut up and drink your chalky milk. 
I think you mean your chocolate soldier. <laughs> I ran across a picture of it the other day. One dollar for a six pack. It must be good. All right. So the, <laughs> the ending to a goofy movie. Uh, we never actually usually talk about the ending. We just immediately go into epilogues. I'm actually going to read the ending written here. I'm going to start doing this more. So the ending of a goofy movie. Goofy and Max arrive at the concert. While attempting to sneak backstage, they end up on stage and dance with Powerline, watched by Pete, PJ, Bobby, Roxanne, Stacy, and the rest uh, of the classmates on separate televisions. Meanwhile, Bobby falls in love with Roxanne's best friend, Stacy. Goofy and Max later return to Roxanne's house in their damaged car. Max tells the truth to Roxanne, though she accepts it and admits she always had feelings for him ever since the first time she heard him utter his father's trademark laugh. Thus, a relationship starts between them. And, and fellas, fellas, you really want to get that girl shaking in the knees. You look her right in the eyes and just go, oh, guaranteed. You can hear the faucet start. I thought the bigger concern was going to be if she likes the way your dad laughs, that's really what you want in a girlfriend. (laughs) That's that's really the sweet spot. Uh, Goofy's car suddenly explodes because the damage, as they do, uh, it is sustained during the trip, ejecting Goofy in the process, who then falls through the porch roof of Roxanne's house. Max introduces him to Roxanne, now seeing past his father's embarrassing behavior. That is the ending to a Goofy movie. And now on extras and epilogues, we get into the epilogues, which is what do we want to see happen to these characters? Or what do you think happened to these characters after the fact? Now, in this particular case, you can't take into account that there was an extremely goofy movie and base it off of that. You can pretend that never happened. Whatever you want to do. Let's start with, I'm looking for Jesse to see if he has an answer, if he needs a second. I'm good. We can go. Let's go to Jesse Kimball. He is the esteemed guest. And I, I do want to point out real quick, just the, the, the extra beauty in that moment of like her liking him from the first time she heard that laugh, the movie opens with Max, ha- like this is the very first scene of the film, mm-hmm. Max having a nightmare about finally, or having a dream, I guess I should say, <laughs> about finally interacting with his crush Roxanne. And then it turns to a nightmare as he begins to grow into Goofy and almost like a werewolf style situation howls goofy's laugh as thunder and lightning are going in the background <laughs> and he wakes up in a cold sweat <laughs> he hopes it was a sweat who among us who among us hasn't had a horrible puberty dream honestly <laughs> <laughs> so they, they like the fact that it ends with her being like you know he's so embarrassed about it he the first time like he actually interacts with her in person he he yucks and he's so embarrassed about it, like hates himself for it, et cetera. And then that that's how that ends. It's just a nice, like, but us as the viewers like, see her smile part. despite it. And the, and that's reality too. Um, that's how it always goes. So anyway, yeah, I, I feel like we could pretty easily go, <laughs> God damn it. Uh, we can pretty easily go <laughs> like, what happens in between, uh, you know, a goofy movie and an extremely goofy movie, because an extremely goofy movie, like we mentioned before, like he's going to college. Yeah. Like, there's, there's is, some time in between. Yeah. Yeah, this this is right before like the movie picks up. Basically, the day before um, Max, Bobby, and PJ are leaving for college, and because you know it, it's it's every kid from the mid '90s into the 2000s became obsessed with skateboarding. Uh, like that, that's what this is about. Yeah, extreme sports. They're playing mm-hmm. at the college X Games. Uh, but anyway, like, yeah, Max becomes the most popular kid in school from that little show that he put on. Everybody loves him. Suddenly he has extreme confidence. 
you could tell that like you know like watching extreme goofy movie the kid is overflowing with confidence like max is no longer that shy goofy kid uh he is this confident badass skateboarder because he is incredible at skateboarding um like he's talking to girls waving at girls that kind of thing uh i think that he he pretty quickly uh got over roxanne uh because he probably realized that uh she wasn't happy unless you know he was doing exactly what she wanted him to do because you see that in like the the very beginning when he's like well I, i can't go with you like all right well i'll just find somebody else and then even at the end where it's like hey maybe we could hang out tonight and then he's like no and she immediately gets mad and i'm like hold on hold on so Plus anyway, her dad probably scared the shit out of him. Yeah, that too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> her dad is scary. But either way, yeah, I think I think they broke out broke it off pretty quick. Um, or maybe they were just going to different colleges and they they were together all through high school. I don't know. It's both are possible. But she because she's not in an extremely goofy movie at all. Yeah, that's what I'm reading about right now. I, I didn't know how that movie went, so I'm reading through the plot. He doesn't seem too broken up about it at all, even no. though like in the <clears throat> extremely one, the the girl focuses more with PJ. So <laughs> <laughs> that is true. PJ is PJ is the only one that gets a girl in an extremely and movie. well, and no, isn't that well. And isn't that high school relationships? I mean, that's what it is. You spend all this time building up like this is the most important thing that has ever happened to me. And, it's and not. then like, like Homer, life goes, no, it doesn't. Yeah. And then you just move on. <laughs> then you just move on. Yeah. Uh, so either way, like, dude is confident. He has what the kids these days would call riz. He's got the riz. You're uh, making me show my age. Charisma. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's why if you need a D&D check for charisma, you say roll for Riz. Right, exactly. That's, right. that's and then you kill yourself. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think that's that's how it goes. High school for him, uh, it ends up being completely different. He is the most popular kid in school. Everybody likes him. I'm, I'm still of the opinion that Bobby wasn't actually in his friends group uh, prior to this film. I think it was just... You know, Max and PJ, they were neighbors, they're best friends since they were little kids. Uh, Bobby is the AV nerd that they're like, hey, man, I'll get you a can of cheddar whizzy. Or they're like, hey, man, could you help help us rig this up? Like, I know you're an AV guy. And he's like, I'll do it, but I need a can of cheddar whizzy. The good stuff. Can, can we just briefly talk about, by the way, that I love that they made the stoner kid just obsessed with cheese whiz. With cheese. <laughs> he can't yeah. be a stoner, right? So just give him a can of cheese whiz. Because he's probably huffing it as he's eating the cheese. (laughs) Uh, Shannon hates everything that's being said right now. So so they they officially become friends with it. Because even later in the the movie, whenever like the the Powerline concert is going, they flash to Stacy's house. Everybody's watching on TV. And Bobby even says something along the lines of like, uh, that goof goof kid kid ain't there. Yeah, that goof kid ain't there. Uh, see, I think like he joins the, they become the trio of great friends because again, Bobby is in an extremely goofy movie. They are all three of them are going to college. Like he's hanging out with them. Um, so yeah, he, he, he has a great time in high school. Uh, I'll go ahead and say, yeah, him and Roxanne stay together. They break things off likely because they're going to different colleges and that, that's that. He gets okay. really into skateboarding at some point in there. Really, really into skateboarding to do those x games because apparently the i just i'm reading about extremely goofy movie it's got the x games in it yes yes 
because yeah, that was that's, that, that's a very large focus in that one. And yeah. even go goofy participates. Everybody's playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. And here's a like, little little piece of trivia for an extremely goofy movie that I just came across. Following the September 11 attacks, the scene in which Goofy rescues Max and Tank from under the burning Xmas game logo was removed from television broadcast of the film. So the broadcast version skips over that because of I, fire. Yep. Sure. Anyway, Lindsay, what about you? I mean, happens? that's kind of along the lines of what I was thinking that that him and Roxanne would be together for a little bit, but it's not something that's going to last. Um, who breaks what off? I I don't even know who to decide on that as far as it goes. She does. Um, <laughs> she does. <laughs> but uh. But yeah, no, they they lead up to their whole college thing. Granted, we weren't discussing an extremely goofy movie, but if you follow off on that, uh, there, he's on the track to get a a new stepmom and get some peace from his life because his dad's going to be busy with other stuff. And Max is just growing up. He's being the best him. And I think as he gets older, he will just, again, learn to appreciate his dad more and they'll just be closer because that's just the way his and Goofy's relationship is. It's all good and fun and silly. Until the sequel. <laughs> Until an extremely goofy movie where they're once again at it at each other. Really at like, each other. No, no, no kid wants to have to go to college with their dad. Exactly. Like, especially like when your dad is goofy. Like he loves yeah. his dad. My dad was just an alcoholic and he definitely never went to college. <laughs> Anywho, now that's goofy. Now that's comedy. Um, <laughs> Hunter, what about you? What do you where do you see these so, characters going? Again, I never I had never seen this movie until today, and I had very little time to formulate thoughts about because even though I put the notes together and I knew you know how it ended, having gone into it that way, I didn't. I, I don't really want to formulate that thought until I've seen it and I've seen it all play out. Um, I I don't want to cop out of this, but like. I kind of also, this is such a, a, a Disney thing. It ends on kind of a happily ever after, right? It ends on a, everything is good. Things are good. Uh, they've got a good relationship now. He's got the girl that he wanted. Like, that. That things are, are good there. So I'm actually kind of content to mostly just leave it at that. Like, an actual little epilogue would just be, like, you know, scenes of, of their summer where like, yeah, Max goes and does stuff with his new girlfriend, but also he spends time with his dad and he kind of embraces like who he is and who he's going to be and, and is willing to like see that. Yeah. His dad is legitimately goofy and also named goofy, but like, that's okay. I mean, he, he loves him for who he is and vice versa. Um, and then everything else is just like, you know, the, the old title cards from the old nine movies, uh, Bobby was picked up at seven 11 <laughs> out back by, by the dumpster with 14 cans of empty cheese whiz. um, RIP Bobby. Like he didn't make it. I don't know. You know? Jesus. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. He wouldn't actually, that wouldn't actually happen. But I, I do think they would just get like a little, you know, one line deal. Um, I'd even like to see that like Pete figured out that he was being a piece of shit to his kid and, and maybe they kind of actually, you know, no. got to be cool he, around he each other. Totally be PJ never stood up to his dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I always thought of PJ and his dad. Like, did anybody ever see uh Pet Cemetery 2? No. Yeah, I, I didn't think so. 
So uh, <laughs> Clancy Brown plays this really asshole father that uh, he's a cop and they accidentally kill him. So they bury him into the, you know, the, the pet cemetery and he comes back as a bigger asshole who eventually kills his own son. I assume it's something like that. At some point they're going to accidentally kill Pete and put him in a pet cemetery and bring him back to life. And then he'll end up murdering PJ. That was always my head cannon. Now, whether or not they put that in a Disney film, I don't know. I always very Cowards. much related to, uh, <laughs> to to PJ because my dad was a lot like Pete, except you know Pete has money. Like Pete clearly is somehow <laughs> wealthy. Um, but we have a very similar relationship, and I imagine at some point uh, Pete is going to die, and PJ is going to be fine with that. <laughs> I always... That's actually the title card. Pete died, and, they just and PJ, PJ is fine with that. PJ and was he's fine also going to be fine with his sister taking care of everything rather than himself. See, my dad, my dad was more like Donald Duck. The anger problem, and after he the stroke, I couldn't, couldn't understand, understand a word him. he was saying. Oh, okay. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Well, I'm not proud of that one. All right. Well. Um, it's a probably a good. It, it's a good place to end it. I love my father. Rest in peace. Uh, oh, big, I can't big, relate to that one. Big news, <laughs> big news, Hunter. As we head out of here for uh, tonight's episode of E and E, thanks to Jesse, of course, for coming on, Lindsay for covering my ass. Yes. I, I just got a message from a very important person who is yeah. practically begging me to come back to the show. And that man's I, name. I know exactly where this is going because he's been talking to me as well. Is <laughs> Matt Sism. Matt Sism has been so so no one listening to this show has heard of Matt Sism because we haven't talked about it. Although, frankly, there's gotta be a movie we could bring him in here to talk about. One hundred percent. Matt, uh, he and I he has been on, on horse time slash the legendary group chat podcast for having this. Blah blah blah, times. blah 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 blah. Yeah. Um Matt Matt is insane yes matt is clinically insane yes. he is a maniac of a human being um you encouraged him. him to inebriate himself to be funnier on the I show did. according that to matt yeah. it was unnecessary <laughs> um, well okay not to not to be funnier but because i was like oh that's kind of what we do you know when we first started doing the show it was like we, hey it's friday night we have a drink yeah and then we back, get on yeah. and have a good time right um matt matt needs literally no single drop of alcohol to be funny he just, he just is. But he and I uh, worked together at GameStop. Famously, many of us worked at GameStop. Matt and I, I literally, all of us on the show right now. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. The only, the only crossover I had was with Matt. He and I worked together. He worked there before I did. He's uh, a couple years older than me and had had been there before I started. So he found out that we had done some GameStop shows way back in the past. He's like, I got to get in on one of these. And I'm like, Yeah, we haven't done one in a while. Eventually, it's going to come back around. Um, <clears throat> the the boy is putting together outlines yes. of material. Yes. I mean, he has literally he he keeps using the timeline. word chronicle, and yeah. he's not kidding. He's dead serious. He has chronicle the things that need to be recounted and need to be recorded this, um, for posterity. Th- this is what he literally told me. He said, "I am currently mapping out a draft of the GameStop EB timeline. I'll send that over to you in the coming weeks." Yes. Dedication, man. Yes. I, I would absolutely love to have Matt back I, on. Matt, I, Matt's I feel awesome. Like, I feel like doing a, a slash EB show would be perfect for Nostalgia November because at this point, like most True. of my memories of that era are very much nostalgic. 
Bumstubble. He, he messaged, Matt messaged me earlier, and I mentioned the name Doug. You all know who I'm talking about. And <laughs> he just sent me, Matt just sent me, does anyone have a way to contact Doug? Because that's two plus hours of content right there. <laughs> you can just let him go. Riff. Followed up with a quote of him uh, in a presumed situation, you know, a hypothetical situation saying, quote, Doug, tell the audience about the time you showed us your illegal firearms arsenal after work one night. <laughs> Well, to be to be fair to him, Hunter, he could get a job really washing happened. dishes down, you know, and at the Mexican and, restaurant down the hallway and make more. Yeah, <laughs> so, my favorite is still how that's that's roughly how he finally left GameStop. Except to yes. mow lawns. Yes. Well, no, because like he because he still wanted to work, and like he was like, "Well, why don't I just quit?" And Pat would be like, "That would be great. That'd that be would be great. That'd be great for me. Great for me." <laughs> So you can stay tuned for an all new Matt Sism led episode of PZ 85 in the near future. But until then on tap for the rest of the week, tomorrow we've got an all new after dark. It's nostalgic November. Lindsay's got another list coming up. Um, I believe last night we did another, another draft that we won't be sharing with the audience. So you can say you won. Oh yeah. He still hasn't posted. Uh (laughs) Shannon's remembering things live on the air right now. I was contemplating tomorrow being one hit best one hit wonders, but I have not uh, confirmed. You get down yet. on that. Uh, I don't you think I could. I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't tell you enough one hit wonders. Honestly, I only listen and to he's good music. Win. Yeah. Well, I've won two and weeks in a row. Win. So, although to be fair, if we, if we do one hit wonders, I feel like now I'm going to be talking about the Rembrandts and Friends like two weeks in a row, and that, or not two weeks yeah. in a row, but a couple. I times mean, I got 23 hours to come up with something else. 23 hours we ain't starting at 9 22 we started at 8 yeah okay fine i have 22 and a half (laughs) yeah uh last night hunter we did a very special episode of pz85 plays where cody was back and we talked about our our strad story a little bit and kind of talked about tabletop as a whole just uh some of our experiences uh, some of our criticisms what we like etc etc it was a pretty good show yeah, yeah, we, um, we're getting ready to head back into Barovia to wrap up Curse of Strahd, uh, basically between now and the end of the, the year uh, of 2023. So before we just jump right in, since it's been almost a couple of months since we did that, like you said, there was a little bit of recap, plus just a lot of just tabletop talk in general. Um, it was a very nostalgic tabletop conversation. I kind of wish I'd brought up more of what I... I you know, played in high school and stuff now that I think about it, but yeah, it was fun. Go, go check it out. Um, and that's coming back full bore again next week, I think is right. the plan. Um, and that, that is wrapping up soon too. So actually you have time if you want to go back and catch up. Curse of Stride has not been nearly as long in terms of episodes as we thought it had been. It's only 30 something. Episodes. Yeah, no, it, it's, life kept getting in the way. It's only 30 something True. episodes, but it felt like 90. I was going to say it's 90 something hours of content. Is yeah. what you're talking about. There, yeah. Even if it's not literally. Yeah, yes. overstate it's welcome. Um, <laughs> I look. Even that's Cody, me. That's Cody saying. It. Yeah, that's Cody. Yeah, I, that's... Go back and listen to last night's but, episode. But I was defending the damn thing. Pessimistic. Nobody. I was gonna say nobody hates Cody's games more than Cody himself. I like how she <laughs> Actually, said nobody hates Cody's games except Cody himself. <laughs> she said uh, Cody was pessimistic. She's known me for sixty-two years at this point. If you think anyone's more pessimistic than me, years. I'll fight him to the Lindsay death. He said something earlier about you are pessimistic about yourself. That's different. She said, "I can't remember if it was 1945 or 55," and I almost said, "We'll just ask Shannon." He was, I was in there. his thirties then. Yeah, he, I was. <laughs> I was kicking around in the fa- the Adam factories. Still has, I think he still has the newspapers from around that time somewhere in the basement. Probably. I actually did. 
I did have newspapers from there, but I'm pretty sure it got thrown out when uh, my dad moved out of that house. My dad tend to burn things he didn't like. Take that as you will. Including many of uh, Shannon's beloved memories. Bridges. Probably, cho- probably chocolate soldiers, according to my brother. Um, <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that. Who's up next week for E&E? What do we got? Next What's week, uh, we're, yeah, we're recording early, but it'll, I'm assuming it'll still be out around Wednesday or so, like normal, yeah. uh, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, though it is it's Thanksgiving week, so we're going to be kind of all over the place next week. But we are recording it early. Uh, Tanner, again, I, I, I still haven't talked to him about why. I guess Raiders of the Lost Ark was a big movie for him when he was a kid. Um, but he, he asked me specifically, hey, you want to talk about Raiders? And I was like, are you really asking me if you want to talk about Indiana Jones? <laughs> yes. I, yes, I do. I, I think he really just wants to make up for the fact that he, he had you watch Halloween 4. No, oh, Friday the 13th no, Part no, 4. Friday- yeah, yeah, and yeah, um, could be it. He, well, he wants to make oh, okay. it up to you. I'm going to spill a couple of beans here a little bit early. I was going to wait spill. and do this on the show. I I told you the guys this before. As much as I love Indiana Jones and as much as I do consider it a nostalgic thing for me, yeah. I didn't watch those movies until 2008. Right. Yep. Yeah. I didn't watch them until the first year after I was out of college. I rented one at Blockbuster at random because I was on that that deal, the $15, get everything you want for all time. Right. Uh, went in, got it, checked it out, watched Raiders, loved Raiders so much, I immediately, it was late as hell, drove back across town to Blockbuster, gave them that, grabbed the other two, and paid extra to have more than one out at the same time so I could watch them that night. So I love those movies, and they are that is still 15 years ago. That's still nostalgic for me, but it's not a childhood nostalgia. So I'm curious to see how that uh, colors the the situation. I'll throw a I have movie never at watched you. the original trilogy in its entirety because my mother watched them, and one of them scared the shit out of me as a kid. And from then, I just watched it was simple. It was simple. It was simple. They Doom. melted. Yeah, yeah. Temple of Doom was terrifying. No, it was when they were drinking from the chalice, and he turned to a skeleton and like turned to dust. Last Crusade. Last Crusade. That is scary. No, that's that's the one that freaked me out. Other than that, my extent has been what's on spoofed in other shows and cartoons. So, uh, here's a movie we will never cover on the show. Uh, I know we won't, but or color on the show. (laughs) But when you talk about films that were like nostalgic and gave you that warm feeling, like Jesse talked about, I know no one else has seen this movie but me. I know this. No one's probably ever heard of it, and I can't tell you if it's a good movie or not. But I remember watching this movie over and over again, loving it, obsessing over it. But I haven't seen it since I was probably ten. I'm putting in the chat right now. This is a film called Baby, Secret of the Lost Legend, about uh, Baby? people who find a dinosaur. I've heard of this. Yeah, I loved this yeah, film as a kid. I watched I this watched all the this time. One? Yeah, this was my jam. Why is your name on it? That's Sean Young. <laughs> I'm Shannon Young. That's two different people. I I, uh, I mean, I've, I've said before, one of my favorite things about this show is watching shit I've never seen. I'll watch it. I mean, you find me somewhere I can watch it. I'll watch it. We'll talk about it. You know what great Sean Young story real quick since we're talking about her? Um, she uh, she wanted the role of Cat. I don't know if you ever heard this. She wanted the cat the role of Catwoman yeah. so bad. She showed up dressed as Catwoman for the audition and yep. still lost yep. it to Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, and I think it's because she broke her leg. She's also batshit crazy, if I remember yeah. correctly. She, yeah. well, she was kind of out there. You know that that's that's showbiz, baby. All right. <laughs> Next week we're back with another E and E of tomorrow on all new After Dark. Go check out last night's PZ eighty five players. Until then, thank you, Jesse, Lindsay, and Hunter for showing up, ladies and gentlemen. The balcony is closed. We will see you next week. <laughs>